What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burton. Lennon, how are you doing this week? What's up, my brother? I'm doing well. Funny enough, we did not try to match on purpose. It's just cold in my house. <laughs> I'm, it's black, though. You're wearing black, right? Or is that dark gray? It's, it's charcoal, and it's charcoal. weird because my hat is black, my hair is black, but my jacket kind of looks black, but it's charcoal. But doing well, man. I'm super excited. Uh, I, I'm excited because we got a run it back dropping this week. You know, I love talking movies and I love that we had a conversation on Discord. And I want to ask it at the start of the show. I asked this on Facebook. I asked this on Discord. Who do you think are the best actors of all time? And Reg, shout out Lil Reg. Lil Reg was like, Y'all just need to make a, y'all just need to do one episode where y'all make a list. And I, I don't want I, we, we don't have to dive into not it fully. No, not today, because we're going to we're going to do a show probably next week or the week after where we do this. Who are you, just yeah. throw out some of the names that you think are the best actors of all time? I mean, of all time is is a bigger stretch because like then you're throwing out names that are from the past too. yeah, like, you got to. Like there's no there's not a lot of newer names that I would throw into best actors of all time because it's Same. so much newer. The only newer name I would throw out is Leo because yep. I mean he's been doing it for three decades now. Yep. Um, to me, my and, number you know, one you, never you've... moves. I my number one is locked for me forever. It's Denzel. That's my favorite actor. That's the guy who I think is the best actor of all time. Now you know we got Daniel Day Lewis in there. DDL. You got like you said, Leo. I'm partial to De Niro and Pacino. I think they're up there. You got to say Jack Nicholson. Uh, some people on the on responded said Edward, Nor- said Edward Norton. I'm not mad at it's that. It's not bad. I think, but I think Edward Norton is a tier under with like Will with not with Will Smith, with Brad Pitt and um, Jamie Foxx. I feel like they're all in a tier under the top S tier. Like, I'm trying to think who else would be S tier. Uh, Jimmy Stewart from the past. He's got to be S tier because he really birthed a lot of this stuff um who, who dude, you got? dude who played um hannibal lecter was oh name? anthony hopkins hopkins yeah you gotta say marlon brando yeah so uh, anybody any anyone else that you got that you can think of because we're gonna make the list soon soon enough uh, Tom Hanks. Should we say Tom Hanks? Yeah. T- say your point about Tom Hanks, because I think you were very right, because I think it was interesting that no one said Tom Hanks until like some of the older people that follow me on uh, Facebook said Tom Hanks. But only one person in the discord shout out to Peter said Tom Hanks. Well, the thing about Tom Hanks that I'm starting to realize is that he's I wouldn't say he's a one note actor because he can he's give vanilla. you vanilla. I wouldn't even say vanilla. He can give you range. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's been so ca- the way that he's been cast is he all, he never plays anyone with an edge. Mm-hmm. It's always the 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 good hearted person that the you cl- want to root for. The closest one that he played to an edge is the comic book movie. Um, oh, man, with the that's in Prohibition. Hold on. Um, Road to Perdition. That's the oh, yeah. closest thing he's ever played to an edge. And even then, the whole thing was about rede- redeeming him so he's no longer a villain. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he's been in a majority of the films that he is in are feel-good films. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the, there was the point that the dude in your Facebook made about how he wants to, like, play every American, you know? Yeah. Where it's like he's been, he's the biopic guy. Like, that's what he is. He, he's either a biopic where he's portraying an actual person. Yep. Or if, or if he's having to create his own character, it's... Always a good know, guy. A rom-com love interest, some kind of good guy that 
you know has some issues that but you're rooting for him or some like, anti-hero that turns good like it's always whereas denzel we've seen him be evil leo we've seen him be evil de niro we've seen be evil pacino we've seen be evil uh da- and daniel good, day and then like, daniel day lewis like, we've seen be evil they have range well and like with uh, de niro especially I would consider when you look back in his filmography that you include like a, uh, a meet the Fockers mm-hmm. and it's like Tom Hanks doesn't really have anything like that. No, that's not the kind of the roles that he does. So it's like, and you, you could be like, Oh, well he's been Woody. I'm like, well, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a voice. Yeah. It's a voice. And then like for Denzel, he's been on theater. Like he is one of the greatest theater actors who has a Tony who has multiple Tonys. So it's like, yeah, Tom Hanks might've been in animation, but like, my guys are like doing theaters, been in comedy, like it's it's been all across the board. And, and granted, you're right, Leo is the youngest person that I'm willing to put on this list, but it's worth it because he's great. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are out right now that I feel like are on par, par or like not make, on par, or like on pace. I mean, to make it, yeah, like they're on pace to be Ryan like Gosling, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. Pattinson, Driver, J.D. Dubs, but we just got to see how their career plays out. I mean, that's the thing when it comes to this list, and I'm kind of curious about it. We'll talk about it more later, but I mean, there's people on there that I feel like are, like J.D.W., that are like two or three movies in, and yeah. I'm like, oh, well, they're on pace. Like, like yep. there's just everything that they're in, they, they play something different, something interesting. I see a different side of them. It's moving forward. Like Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Like right now, Lakeith Stanfield, I am so impressed mm-hmm. with everything that he does. Cause from the character that I saw in Atlanta to the character in sorry to bother you to his character in, in uh, Judas, Judas and the Black, Black Messiah, Messiah and get all out. different, all different. And, yep. Well, yeah. And, and I'm excited because I think we'll do, I think we'll do top 25 just so that'll give us enough thing to put, both everybody in there and then we're going to do actresses the following week but of course just like i say denzel's one for me meryl streep has to be one and someone asked why didn't y'all say meryl streep and i'm like well we just know she's the goat like it's just known like it's yeah. it's meryl streep I mean, and everybody that, else that, that's she to me is very similar to tom hanks but she does she have is, a little bit more but she has more range than, than t hanks i would say francis mcdormand is like the the one that can compete with Meryl Streep that does a lot of like darker stuff. She's the darker actress. When, but also in like the uh, Burn After Reading movie, she, she plays something more comedic, and yep. it's like Fargo. Fargo again, very yeah. So like, it's very I, comedic I, elements. I've, be, I've become a big Francis McDormand fan. Would you like watch Nomadland yet? Then? I, I'm watching it this weekend. We're reviewing it okay. next week. I'm just letting it be known. Well, I don't know if we're reviewing it next week because I want to watch Ray and the Last Dragon. Oh, I'd rather review that. We paying 30 bucks for that? Uh, I might. All right. Well, if you paying for it, let's get it. Let's get it. All right. But, Shuby, uh, what, oh, real quick. Oh, yeah. No, we're doing Boogie. We're definitely doing Boogie. We're going to save that. But what have you been watching recently? Just to get into that real quick before we uh, get started. Um, Any new I've reality get- TV? Um, no, I've been perusing Discovery Plus trying to figure out what it's all something. up on there. You've been watching some cooking stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching a lot of One Piece. Nice. Uh, oh, I watched where you're at in One Piece. Oh, um, uh, what's that place called? The Ghost, it's the Ghost Ship. Um, what's it called? Thriller it's- Bark. Thriller Bark, that's what it's called. Yep. Now, I, I'm going to ask you a question, being that you're an anime fan, and this is something that I 
I don't want to decide until I rewatch Naruto. But now you remember when I was telling you about Naruto in One Piece, how do you feel about it? Because it's fresh on your mind. Do you like Naruto more? Do you like One Piece more? Where do you side in the Naruto versus One Piece debate? It's hard because I feel like they're very two different things. Like Naruto is all about Naruto with Naruto, where like One Piece is like very much what's happening with the crew. You know, like this is how I say it. I say Naruto is we see Naruto affecting the world. But we never see the world's response to Naruto and then the world moving at the same time. It's always Naruto affecting the world and the world having to change. With One Piece, it's Luffy affects the world. The world then affects Luffy. And while Luffy's still moving, the world is still moving. With Naruto, we didn't know about the Lightning Village until it became relevant. Whereas Shanks doing stuff. Ace is doing stuff. Blackbeard's doing... Like, the world is constantly moving around Luffy. Whereas... The world is solely Konoha, but then zeroed in. It's really just Team Seven that's important in Naruto, at least Shippuden wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they do a good job of making you care about the other characters in Naruto. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a very extensive list of like people that you care that you care about. Um, but with One Piece, like they just do a really good job of keeping with the core. But then you also are paying attention to everything else that's going on. Um, but like. It's hard for me to say like which one is better than the other. Maybe I just haven't gotten deep enough into One Piece to make that assumption. But uh, I, I think I feel like sometimes One Piece takes too long mm. to get to the point. Now I will say the pacing in the anime is dog shit compared to the manga. You may need to. That may be your entry point into reading manga because the One Piece manga moves like that, whereas the anime really takes its time and stretches things out. Which is not a, a terrible thing at times, but sometimes it's just sometimes it's like, too much. It's kind of like how how many episodes are we going to watch Nami fight this person? Like, yep, facts. No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Uh oh, I've been watching, bro. Or should I say? I'm, no, I'm gonna say it now. There's this show called Kings of Pain where it's these white dudes going and letting like bees sting them, scorpions mm. sting them, tarantulas bite them. Before. Yeah, I told you to you off air. I didn't say it on the show. And basically a Komodo dragon bit this dude's arm, the African version. I'm just like, what are these guys doing? There's no way they're getting paid enough to do this. Dude's whole arm was like sliced up and like so much venom in their body. They're lucky they didn't die at some point. Like that show is something amazing. You people definitely need to watch it out there in terms yeah. of reality TV. And then the other two things, you know, we, we talked off air about how I saw the first episode of Banshee. You're going to watch it later. So Ooh, yeah. talk too much about it. Except that, you know, Anthony stars. And if people who don't know, we're going to talk more about that. In, on uh, HBO Max. We're going to talk more about that on bros who uh, on um movie on the rise. Yeah. Um, and I watched Young Rock first two episodes. Oh, not, well, let us know on movie on the rise. What you think about it? All right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll wait till then. But should we, we got a lot of news. So whenever you're ready, I'm ready, brother. All right. Let's get started. So there's some Star Wars news, and I'm definitely mm. happy to, to talk about it up, up up top. The first concrete Star Wars news we have is a Game of Thrones star, uh, Indira, Indira Varma. Yeah is set to join Disney's upcoming Obi-Wan series. The, of course, because of secrecy, we don't know what character that's going to be. 
some people are thinking that it could be a flashback to um, Duchess Satine, mm-hmm. which could make sense. Uh, she, you know, definitely getting someone who was uh, part of Dorne and Game of Thrones to match up with, uh, to be a Mandalorian when we've seen other Mandalorians like Pedro Pascal and uh, Katie Sackhoff kind of fits that, that idea. Maybe she's a a Mandalorian, Um, but I could also see her being something different. You know, we are away from all of that. It has been a while since Duchess of Teens even been a thing. And I feel like it would be too little of a role. Ooh, what if she is one of Darth Vader? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one too. Uh, there's some specific Inquisitors that she could be during, based on the time period. I don't Seven feel like sister? they're going to... Yeah, M- I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like they're going to make her her if they're going to do an Inquisitor because there's just so many... The Inquisitors have played such a big role in Rebels. Yeah. That I feel like if they face gonna, Obi-Wan, they're dead. <laughs> which could make it that they would make a different Inquisitor, but like for there to be a, a totally different Inquisitor when we've like seen all these other Inquisitors, it's like, well, where was this Inquisitor during Rebels? You know? Yeah. Why didn't well, they send this chick? To but go that would make Ezra? sense that she might have died. But oh, you're saying if they live. Ah, uh, I got you. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying if she lives, but I mean, even if she dies, it's like, well, where was this chick the whole time? She was dead. Well, it just depends on where it falls in the Rebels timeline. Oh, true, I don't true, think that's true, been announced. True, true. Oh, yeah, you're right. Where does it fall overall in the in the time period? That is true. That's something we got to see. But this is just makes me excited. And I think they're filming for Obi-Wan right now or they're starting yeah. in April. One of them. Something two. like that. Something like that. Yep. So that's hype. Yeah. Um, the other two bits of news are rumors. I want to start with uh, rumor one. Mina Musad rumored to be cast as Ezra Bridger, assuming assuming that would be in the Ahsoka series. Yep, or part of the Infinity War tie-in of Rangers, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, the the, the overall appear, tie-in. He's got to appear in one of the first, first. Yeah, but this goes back to us saying how we said the whole time: there's no way Raul Cooley's saying all this shit, and he did. He tried out for Ezra. One, I think that's I think that's confirmed. I think now. you've tried out for Ezra for sure. Yeah. Now I have um, a question. How do you feel about Mina Masad from he's the guy, he's Aladdin from Aladdin being yeah. Ezra? Do you like I, I kind of would prefer Raul Cooley, funny enough. I'd probably prefer Raul Cooley, but I don't want to poo-poo it because I'm happy for Mina Masad. I mean, yeah, this is a guy he was, that we he was sad about. he wasn't getting roles. Yeah, I mean, this was a guy who came off Aladdin. I thought he did a pretty good job in Aladdin. I mean, I don't hate that movie one bit. I thought no, he did me neither. fine. I think that's so, one like, of their best live actions behind Jungle Book. Yeah, I mean, so I thought that he did pretty good in that role, and I was surprised that he wasn't getting other offers. And, you know, maybe he could pull off Ezra. I, I don't know. And if he does a good job, that's a big role for him. Huge. Yeah, 100%. That, that might be bigger than Aladdin for him. Um... I don't know about that. You don't know. It well, could see, be. It, it just I just depends think it is on like how big show... the role of Ezra Bridger is going to play in True. the overall. Arcs. And I just feel that Ezra is a darker character for him to do, and it shows his action chops. It shows like his versatility. Whereas Aladdin was more musical, more kid friendly, and this one I feel like Ezra Bridger will give him a little bit more things to sink his teeth into, and yeah. really show his skill. 
Well, I mean, it's going to make or break him too. I mean, True. if he doesn't, if he doesn't perform well, I mean, he's going to be, he's never going to get a good role, another role again. I mean, Unless he's like a side character or he's, he'll never be a like, leading man get, again. He's going to get so many eyes on him. And like, that's the reason that you go out and get Rosario Dawson to play Ahsoka. I mean, you, need, you needed someone that was going to like take care of business. Yeah. Like, and make sure it's fire. That's why you get Pedro Pascal to be the Mandalorian. And you never yeah. see his face like that. Like that is why you get these people to solidify. And now that Star Wars is solidified as like it works on television, you can take chances with people like Mina Masad. And that's something we're going to talk about with WandaVision. But I'm going to wait because I think it's important for us to discuss how good WandaVision actually is, because I think Twitter has people. I think there's been on Twitter seeing mixed reviews and we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, and the other bit of rumor that we have is Lucasfilm is planning to replace Cara Dune with Harrison Dula. And you said uh, this right Star when you said she should have been in Rangers from the jump. But you also said, well, if we're getting rid of Cara Dune, there's plenty of women we can s- substitute her for. And you called Harrison Dula. I think this is happening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Harrison Dula should have always been in Rebel uh, mm-hmm. Rangers. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really think... I, I, it's hard for me to think that she's replacing Cara Dune. I feel like she was already supposed to be there. Yeah. So true. like, so what I'm wondering is, is that are they meaning that she's going to replace her in Mand- Mandalorian, which mm. could, which could be a, the you know the Rangers tie-in. It's also helpful. Get us to Sabine. It's helpful to get us to Sabine. You know, because um, I feel like Jin has to meet Sabine. Yeah, I feel like there's no way. Uh, Dave Filoni's not gonna let that happen. Also, if he keeps the dark saber, who better to train you than Sabine? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's all gonna tie into something. I still feel like Katie Sackoff and him still have like a, a bunch of arcs here to a go. <laughs> I, well, no, I mean, I just don't see Katie Sackoff going to the Rangers. Mm, got you. I mean, I see Katie Sackoff being a Mandalorian character, yeah, like, and she, like being a part main of the story. In- Infinity yeah, her War main story is yep. going to stay within Mandalorian. I feel like them two are going to do a lot more together in the yeah. next season because they're going to have to fight and then they're going to have to come together and then going to go to Mandalore. So yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing for that show. True. But yeah, I mean, this is all really exciting Star Wars stuff. You know, get some idea of people getting cast from the the Star Wars Rebels show. I mean, Ahsoka is really the only one that's carried over right now. And it's showing yeah. that like I have faith in what. See, this is what Captain Kennedy should have been done. Put creative, you are good at producing content. There's not many producers better than you. You're probably the best producer right now in Hollywood. You can create films and television, but you're not good at the story element aspect of it. So you go get John Favreau and Dave Filoni, the two the two best people for the job because Dave Filoni studied under George Lucas and John Favreau has been known to start universes. And it just is showing how smart she is for doing this because now I feel like Star Wars is back up in action, is one of the top franchises again, and I'm just excited for everything Star Wars now. Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, I'm always into some Star Wars. I was trying to look up and see if there was anyone out there who was fan casting Hera. The only thing I saw was Gina Torres. I don't know Mm -hmm. much about her. Um. It'll be but CGI yeah. makeup anyway, so it, it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, if, shout out to our girl, Christina Milotti. I know she would never do it, but I, I just wanted to get some roles, man. I just want to get her some roles. But no, all right. she, she could do some. I feel like she could do something like uh, 
more of a politician role. So uh, okay, so that's okay. why I was gonna put her into it. Well, let's let's get to DC. Let's move from your favorite uh, IP to my favorite IP, even though we both love them. Uh, yeah. Author of the Black Panther comic and cultural writer and writer amongst of other things, Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing the Superman reboot for Warner Brothers Pictures and DC, which J.J. Abrams is producing under his Bad Robot label. I do believe he'll probably end up directing it. This Superman is rumored to be uh, the Black Superman. Now, there's multiple choices that it could be. It could either be Calvin Ellis, who is known as Cal L, and he's he's from Krypton, or it oh, could sh- be Val Zod, who is the adopted son of Jor El and uh and Kal-El's mom, and basically Val Zod in this, I believe Superman Kal-El died, and the family ended up sending Val Zod to Earth instead of Kal-El. Schubert, how do you feel about this news with Superman? Um, no, knowing what I know now about Calvin Ellis and Val Zod, I feel pretty confident that this could be a good thing. I mean, you know, I've, that was the thing that when you immediately hear that they're going to do a, a Superman film and it's going to be a black Superman in the time that we're in you, the first thing that anyone thinks of is like, are they forcing it? Are they pandering? Like, yep. Yeah. Like, well, it's not, it's not even, a pan- I guess it is pandering, but I'm just saying like, are they forcing it? Like, are you like, we're going to make a black Superman because of such and such, such and such. But I mean, yeah. if you have the content behind it to, to make a compelling oh, story, there. With you know, with e- with now you have two different options. I feel like it could definitely be good. Personally, I, I like the Valzad. Same. Like, I feel like that would be the the one to go with, and I feel like it would fit into what DC's from where I'm looking at seems to be going with going yeah, forward. Yeah, with the multiverse. With, I agree. Yeah, I agree, and I I've seen very mixed results. I, it's been hot topic in the Discord. Uh, shout out to T. Shout out to Tyler. He he feels that they should make the OG characters and then give us these multiverse things. I happen to disagree with him because I feel that people always criticize DC for not showing us other characters. And I understand the Ray Fisher's thing is going on right now. So it may seem like they're just doing this to pander, but this has been known and we've known this. We talked about this two years ago on this show. So this is not something that they're just doing in the heat of the moment. They've been trying to make this happen with Michael B. Jordan. And now that they have Ta-Nehisi Coates, we can see them actually get traction and see who could actually be it. I don't know if Michael B. Jordan will end up actually being this guy, but this is something that they've been planning for a while and I'm excited for it. I actually hope that this Superman is Robert Pattinson's Superman. Robert Pattinson's super, Batman, you mean? Yeah, ba- I hope this is the Superman of of Robert Pattinson's Batman's universe. Yeah, that would make, that would make sense. I would love it. And I just feel like it's different and that doesn't mean we won't get Kal-El Superman again at some point. I definitely think we will, but I think it'll give us more carte blanche and more clarity to their multiverse. And me and you talked about this off air. This just makes Flash 10 times more important now. Yeah, I mean, all the pressure's on Ezra Miller. I mean, he's got to put Andy Machete mainly. Yeah, they got to put together a banger of a movie. Not just a banger, a movie that makes sense and can explain the multiverse concept to people. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. Good luck to him. Uh, but it also makes sense that they're doing this because, 
look at the Supergirl they just casted as a Latino Supergirl. And that just shows that Krypton is not just this lily white planet of white humanoids. It, it's actually a planet of multicultural people, which Krypton really is in the comics. So it just makes sense for all the people hating, saying it doesn't make sense. Go read some DC comics because it does. Yeah, I think it makes complete sense. I'm interested in the idea of casting this guy. I actually am, you know, Michael B. Jordan be fine or whatever, if that's what they want to go with. But uh, after watching um, United States versus Billy Holiday and, you know, seeing with the work that this guy's done, I think Travante Rhodes is my guy. Yo, that you took my answer. That's who I want. I either want Travante Rhodes to be this or Jon Stewart. I'm good with either. I, th- I feel like he's a pretty phenomenal actor. Yep. I, if, if John David Washington isn't going to be John Stewart, then let it be Trevante Rhodes, either him as Superman or that. So I, I'm so happy you said Trevante Rhodes. I know him from Moon Knight, and I th- I'm not Moon Knight, uh, Moonlight, which Moonlight, uh, Barry, yeah. yeah, Barry Jenkins film. It's great. So, and Ta-Nehisi Coates is one of the best writers out right now. So it just shows DC's getting great talent and what it should be about getting great right. storytellers and he's great a stories. Guy. Exactly. He is. So so. he knows how to tell a comic book story. But let's get into the trailers, which I am excited for. We're not saving. We're not saving our load. We're busting it right away. Let's (laughs) talk about Michael B. Jordan's Without Remorse. Schubert, I love this trailer. I think this is a movie that he needs drastically. I think this movie, if it's successful, this will be big for him because it shows he can do these types of roles. It's darker than what we've seen him do. And it's action. He looked like he buffed up even more so than Creed. I'm super excited. It looks really good. And I could see this tying in with Jack Ryan. There's only one scene that I was like, are we sure? Where he walks into the fire of the car at the end. Other than that, I thought this was- the car on fire. And then the the whole thing is on fire. And he opens the door and walks into it. And then the the inside of the car is completely fine. Dudes aren't, I'm like, this is, I'm not into that. (laughs) I wasn't into that scene. But I mean, like the, the entire lead up that they had in the trailer, you know, of course, as the huge Punisher fan I am, Give me all of the dude's Family wife died. gets killed, yeah. and he survives, <laughs> and now he's and now he's uh, out for revenge. He has no he has no remorse. Yeah, this looks he's like with, the best he's action movie. Remorse. This looks like the best action movie we've trailer we've seen in a long time. Like I pure I, action movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this. Like, yeah, we had Extraction. Yeah, we had Old Guard. This actually looks like this will be good. And I trust Amazon because they know how to tell these Tom Clancy stories as we've seen with Jack Ryan. Yeah. And I definitely think it's going to be a tie in, especially since it's uh it's just a movie. I feel like he can jump on the Jack Ryan for a couple episodes. No problem. And then Jack um, Ryan could go in whatever's next for him. Yeah. So, I mean, like you're building a Tom Clancy trailer, universe. Yeah. When I'm looking at this trailer, you know, I think I put this on like the, a top tier of what is to come for the rest of this year. I mean, yeah, bro. I think it's one of the bigger streaming movies that's going to be out. We're 100% reviewing this on April 30th. This is huge. I'm excited for this. This has definitely jumped up in my most anticipated list. Like this is up there now. Uh, So the next trailer we got, yeah, the next trailer we got is Thunder Force, which is the Melissa McCarthy, Octavia Spencer superhero movie. Basically, uh, Octavia Spencer has invented this way for people to get superpowers through some serum and Melissa McCarthy accidentally takes it, gets super strength. Octavia Spencer has invisibility and it's basically a comedy about them having superpowers. Eh, eh. The trailer wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Well, I mean, like, 
you know, talk about a one note actress. Yeah, if you've seen one Melissa McCarthy, I'm not gonna say that because she had, you know, when in that DC movie she did the kitchen. Yeah, she she was was good in the kitchen. She was, and there are when she does take herself seriously, she can she can really put it on. But then the other hand, it's like this is usually what she she gives you when she's doing the bridesmaid uh character trope again, like. That's what this is. This is Bridesmaid. This is Spy. This is just the classic Melissa McCarthy. The Heat. Yeah, Heat. That's what I was thinking of. Heat. Yeah. Not the biggest fan, but some people might like this. Uh, the next trailer we got is Voyager. She, she which, was also she was also cast in Thor: Love and Thunder and have that in the notes. But oh she yeah, can she's be supposed to be fake. Fake Hello. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the next trailer we got is Voyagers, which is another YA attempt. Your genre, which you love. What'd you think of this trailer? I didn't. I wasn't really digging it with Ty. Oh, you thought it was? You think it's YA? It's not YA. I don't think it's YA. I mean, these oh. people are taking Old. drugs, and <laughs> you know, it feels like it's one giant orgy in space, and then everything goes to shit, and people are dying. And I'm like, this looks pretty interesting. Okay, maybe I'm tripping. The t- maybe the I'll Ty shared in space orgy where everyone dies. I just didn't like that. It was all. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm tripping. I, I don't know why Lily Colin Farrell's in this. Hating on Lily Rose Depp? No, I'm not. Hell, I'm not hating on Lily Rose Depp. I'm hating on Ty Sheridan and that other dude. His he he was making some faces, and I'm like Ty Sheridan. What are these faces? <laughs> I had so much expectations for Ty Sheridan, and he's just not living up to him. That's why I'm really just off this. Give me give me Dob any day of the week. Dylan O'Brien over Ty Sheridan. Ooh, hot take. Hot take. That's a fact. Uh, the next trailer we got is Shadow and Bone. Uh, what'd you think of this one? This was probably my biggest surprise. Okay. I was like, I looked at this and I thought that this was going to be your typical YA magical BS. But I mean, you know that we've talked about Ben Barnes a multitude of times. Yeah. And I feel, I mean, I like Ben Barnes as an actor. If he's one of the guys that's like spearheading this, this, uh, I think it's a show. Yeah. It's a TV show. Then like, I think I, I could get into it. It, um, it looked, it looked pretty cool. It looked like it had a lot of different, elements to it elements to it which yeah. may which intrigues me enough to give it a watch i don't know if it's going to be something that's going to be like the next big thing but if you're telling me that there's some you know big time bestseller fantasy and i mean i've liked the stuff like his dark materials and here's the watch look i'll, give, like I'll give you the synopsis from the lab uh bardo book of the same name uh, Alina Starkov is a teenage orphan in Rakva with a uh, friend, Malian or Stev. They cross the fold, a dark barren land, cutting Rakva off from the sea to trade. The sea is inhabited by monsters named Voisra. The Volcra attack and while saving Mal. Alina displays a Grisha talent. The Grisha are people with ability to call earth, wind, fire, flesh. Uh, Alina has the rarest gift of light. The leader of the Grisha rushes to Alina to the capital of Osa Alta as her power is so valuable. This makes her an assassination target. She struggles to fit in or believe in her abilities, but begins rigorous training. She's attracted to the Darkling, but Alina is confused. Alina is told by her tutor, Bagra, that she must flee, that the Darkling intends to enslave her and use her Grisha power to conquer the world. Two weeks into her flight, she's nearly captured by Mai, whose abilities to track him track and had him sent to her instead of turning her in he helps her they decide to hunt a magical stag in the far north if she makes a necklace of his antlers her powers will be amplified eventually they find a stag but alina refuses to kill the stag the darkling tells the whole story uh, oh well this is just what imdb had but 
weird, weird plot line. A stag, like they just randomly throw that stag in there. Well, that just sounds like one uh, one off episode. Yeah, so it's a really weird story, but it might be good. The trailer didn't look bad, and like you said, we're big on Ben Barnes. Yeah, so I think it's it's worth looking into further, but you know, it, it's a we'll we'll tread lightly on that one. Yep. The next trailer we got is Zack Snyder's new movie, Army of the Dead. And I think it's interesting that in the log line, he was like director of Man of Steel. That's the DC movie he chose to use, which I mean, is his best one. For sure. For sure. And, you know, I I like a good zombie film. I I definitely think I'd watch this. I don't really know if it's going to be like something that's going to like. No. Be like, oh, man. Yeah. Did you see Army of the Dead? No. I mean, mean, it it could be big for Zack. Like. If JL, the new one, is decent, and then Army of the Dead is fire, he's back on top doing movies again. This is a huge move for him because if it's not good, then I don't know if that Netflix deal holds up. It's also got potential to be carried over in more. Yeah, this is big like, for Batista, too. Yeah, you know. Because he's a, uh, a leading man in this, unlike the other films he's in. Well, I mean, he's been in leading man in other films, and all those films have been like, eh. So they, that's that's where you, you get a little wary here, but I, I'm I'm willing to check it out for sure. Yeah. So the next trailer we have is Luca, which I thought was an incredible animated trailer. I love that the little kids turn into mer creatures and they're in the Mediterranean. I loved everything about this trailer. I'm excited for Luca. Yeah, I think Luca is going to be the next big Pixar hit, man. It just mm-hmm. looks like it's setting up to be that way. It looks like it's going to uh, be better than Soul. Oh, I never saw Soul. I feel, but I feel like it might be better than Onward. Mmm, got you. It gives me Coco vibes. It's made by the same people. It gives me Inside Out vibes. Like it just looks like a good movie. Yeah, I, you know, I I, do, I feel like it is going to be a really good movie. Um, so I'm super excited about that one. Same. I think uh, Disney's doing really well with their animated stuff right now. Sticking, staying true. I feel like Disney's now found found a way to like want to, I guess. Bring their animation into a new era. Not that, but like they have other people working on other things. So like now Disney itself was not worried about making movies that aren't Disney, you know, Disney or Pixar, like Pixar's doing Pixar's thing. Mm -hmm. Disney is doing Disney's thing. Star Wars is doing Star Wars. thing. Like nobody is like messing with anyone else's stuff. And, but it does give, like we saw with Mina Masad, because you're under that Disney umbrella, you're going to get opportunities to, to go elsewhere to get into other. these other, other films, yeah. you know, Kelly Marie Tran, Ray and the last dragon. I mean, yep. That's so, what we're going to see. I think it's going to be like the, the Disney some people universe. are going to become Disney actors. Yeah. And they're under the Disney flag. And that's what I feel yeah. for like Kelly Marie Tran and, and Mina Massad. But the next trailer we have is the French Dispatch, which is the new uh, Wes Anderson film. If you're a fan of the Grand Budapest Hotel, this is right up your alley. The casting of this is incredible from Bill Murray to Francis McDormand to Timothy Chalamet to Ed Norton to there's just so many, so many people. You said you weren't really feeling this. I like Grand Budapest it, Hotel, so I'm excited for this. Was Grand Budapest Hotel did it? Tell short story, short character stories within the yeah, same movie. Yeah, it's like There's a bunch of short character stories mashed together. Um, that's what this feels like to me. Well, there's 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 a overall through line. Like there's there each person has sure. like sure. like Ralph Fiennes in um and uh Tony Revolori are like the main stories, but there are some side stuff. This feels more 
like chapter oriented with like a, a through line more so than Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not my my type not of thing. Your cup I, feel, of tea. Yeah. I feel like there's like scenes where I don't know. I could tell like the way that it's shot. It's cleverly comedic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, I just can't you just can't beat a cast of Timothy Chalamet, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, Francis McDormand, Benicio del Toro, Adrian Brody, Owen Wilson, Jeffrey Wright, Sorcerer Ronan, Elizabeth Moss, William Defoe, Steve Park, Randall Park's brother, Christoph Waltz, Jason Schwartzman, Ed Norton, Lee Schreiber, Kate Winslet. Like, what a cast. I'm trying to see. I'm looking at Tony Revolori work how much of him have i even seen mm, might not be a lot i think the only one i saw is fantastic mr fox mm, see? What, was moonrise kingdom did i watch that i did watch moonrise kingdom see i've watched fantastic mrs fox uh the royal tenenbaums and grand budapest hotel the royal tenenbaums yeah i feel like i'd like that one I feel like you've watched that one or you or you would like it at least. Bill yeah, Murray, like that one. Gene Hackman, it just Ben Stiller. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, I think Wes Anderson has a very interesting take on comedy and that's why his movies are interesting to me. Cuz it's not you. a straightforward comedy. There's always like some drama to it. So, I'm going to be watching The Fringe Dispatch. And the next trailer, the final trailer we have is SAS Red Notice. Yeah, SAS Red Notice. Let me pull up a little bit about it's a TV it. Show. Um yeah, where do you where do you think this is gonna be at? It's uh, it's uh, it's skyrocket plus sky, I yeah. think. So I think that's gonna be an AMC Which is, AMC plus situation like Gangs of London. Gotcha. All right. Well, it is a, a British show. Yeah. Um, starring Ruby Rose as the villain, uh, Tom Hopper's in this, the guy who from uh, Umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. um, Andy Circus, and the star is a uh, Sam. Hugh Hugh Han, who is uh the star of Outlander. Oh, okay. Um, and he's also in um that what's that movie called with uh Mila Kunis and um the the chick who thinks she's funny but isn't always funny, Kate McKinnon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but that that movie was pretty good, and he's in that one too. Oh, but okay. uh, yeah. So SAS Red Notice, a small army of well-trained criminals led by. Uh, Ruby Rose's character have hijacked the Eurostar deep beneath the English Channel. So, you know, of course, Basically, people would understand British thing that, take them, Pelham one, two, three, pretty much. And the, the this tunnel that they're in is under an ocean. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like that's what makes the stakes a little bit larger there. I just don't know how once they rob the train, how they're going to escape. Are they going to go the into the ocean? Moving in. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see, but I'm going to check this out because, like, like we said, Skyrocket. Makes great television. Gangs of London is great. I know this is, uh, they say this is a movie, Schubert, even though we thought this was a TV show. See, I thought it was a movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. So it's, but it's going to be on AMC Plus, I believe. Um, the other person that's in this is, uh, what's her name? Yeah, Hannah John Kamen. Mm. And uh, she played Ghost in A Man and the Wasp. Ah, okay. Good for her. And uh, she was also in the TV series The Stranger, which is on Netflix. It's a pretty good uh, little drama, okay. uh, British drama. So she's also, she plays um, the main character's girlfriend. So she'll she'll be on the train as well. Okay, cool. 
But yeah, so it looks like a pretty interesting one. I'd tell people to go check out that trailer at least. But those are all the trailers we have. What we got next up? Um, Amazon TV Plus has announced the cast and wait, set Apple, the Apple TV Plus? Yeah, mm-hmm. Apple TV Plus. Yeah. You said As Amazon. A, I was just making sure for people. Oh, my bad. Confused. Um, has set the premiere date for its gen- uh, genre-bending auditory adaptation of Canal Plus Calls. Nicholas Braun, Clancy Brown, Lily Collins, Rosario Dawson, Mark Duplass, Karen Gillan, Judy Greer, Laura Harrier, Paul Walter Hauser, Danny Houston, Nick Jonas, Riley Keough, Joey King, Stephen Lang, Jaden Martell, Paola Nunez, Pedro Pascal, Edie Patterson, Aubrey Plaza, Danny Pudi, uh, Ben Schwartz, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Jennifer Tilly all lent their voices to this project, which will launch with all nine episodes streaming on March 19th. Calls is is designated to be an immersive television experience that uses audio combined with minimal abstract visuals to tell nine individual short-form stories through nine calls. The show is directed by Fidi Alvarez, and each episode will follow a dark and dramatic mystery that unfolds through a series of seemingly average and at times unconnected phone calls. As time goes on in the episodes, characters begin to experience intense and unsettling events. What an interesting plot line. I'm interested in this. My thing is, what's up with all these mega supercasts now, man? There's like so many things that have like, you think it's because of Corona and like everybody's just like, they're trying to like just get everybody together, like from Bullet no, Train think, to the Leo movie to this. Like we're getting supercast. The, the difference, I think, the differences in what you're calling supercasting is that when we were growing up, because TV wasn't as big a hub and there wasn't as many TV shows out there, there weren't as many names that that get out. Gotcha. And so, like now, we're in such an era where, like, you know, people can get discovered on movie or on film or on or movie TV or TV or streaming. Yeah. So like you got all these different names that can come up and, you know, some of these names we've definitely heard of, but aren't like the hugest stars. Um, True. Know. But you got Albert Plaza, ATJ, Mark Duplass, Pedro Pascal, Stephen Lang, Paul Walter Heiser, Lily Collins, Judy Greer. Like this is a big cast. Rosario Dawson. This is like yeah. a, a pretty star. Nick Jonas, cast. Laura Harrier. Yeah. So, King. I'm de- in, in Apple TV, man. Look at them giving us that hot fire. Apple TV's slowly, slowly building. Well, you know, we'll talk about it with the Golden Globes. They had a big win with uh, getting a uh, Sudeikis a Golden Globe. Yes, um, they did. So Apple TV's building, building up their content. And this is gonna, this is a, an interesting one. I did watch a little bit of uh, a teaser that they had out, and it's pretty much like you see Ben. And like, yeah, like a phone, audio. like, 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 basically when you like watch the documentaries Jane. of like, yeah, it's, it's when you watch documentaries and you see police phone calls on the thing. It's yeah, literally it's, that. It's, it's weird. It, I, it's weird. I, they should have made this a podcast on Apple. Like they should have just made this an Apple podcast exclusive. It should have been. Like, I just don't know if I'm going to be trying watch to this watch a TV this. show. Yeah. Like if I'm driving in my car, this would be perfect. Yeah, right. That's why I'm. Yeah, that's why I agree with you. They should have maybe done it in a podcast format because it just seems like it's a little off to yeah. put on a TV streaming platform. Um, moving right along, Kristen Bell is going to be joined by newly is going to be joined by newly announced castmates Mary Holland, Shelley Hennig, Christina Anthony, Cameron Britton, 
Samsara Yet and Benjamin Levi Aguilar in Netflix's limited series, The Woman in the House. Six cast members will also work alongside previously announced member Tom Riley. Per the logline, Bell plays heartbroken protagonist Anna. For Anna, every day is the same. She sits with her wine, staring out the window, watching life go by without her. But when a handsome neighbor moves in across the street, Anna starts to see a light at the end of the tunnel. That is, until she witnesses a gruesome murder. Or did she? Tom Riley plays Neil, Anna's new neighbor, a charming and handsome single dad that might be too good to be true. Mm. Holland, best known for her, or best known for um, the role in Happy Season, will portray Sloane, a dry-witted local art gallery owner, and Anna's best friend. Henning will play uh, will play Lisa, who Anna does not trust beneath her sweet and shallow surface. Anthony will portray the smart and no-nonsense detective Lane. Yet will play Emma, Neil's daughter, Britton, who is best known for Mindhunter and uh, Umbrella Academy. Shout out to her. Oh, well, him. We'll portray um, Buell and his handyman. He's the guy uh, who's um, alongside Mary J. Blige. Ah, okay. Okay. Gotcha. um, He's the serial killer in in, uh, Mindhunter. mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aguilar is going to play the hottest and hard for a woman to resist guy in town. All right, this sounds interesting. You know, you know me. Ever since Knives Out and Murder on the Orient Express, I've just been huge on these mystery stories. I think there's a place for them in television, now, and movies. Keep this in mind, be- this is a Christian Christian Bell series. Oh, like this. Yeah, so you true. know, Kristen Bell has. You know, Kristen Bell play. It's got to be Kristen Bell. Like, there's just not. Chris, you know, Kristen, Kristen, Bell Kristen Bell's in anything, she's playing Kristen Bell. So. Yeah, there's gonna be some comedy shit to it, but I, I still think it could be cool. I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah, you know, Netflix limited series. I'm, I'm willing to to check it out for sure. Yep. Next up, we got my man Jonathan Majors is, is in talks to star in Spike Lee and Stefan Bristol's Gordon Hemingway in the Realm of Cthulhu at Netflix. Majors in negotiation to play Gordon Hemingway. The film is set in East Africa in 1928 and centers on Hemingway, a rush, uh, a roguish, roguish. Bla- yeah, a roguish black American gunslinger who teams up with the elite warrior princess Zinebe of Ethiopia to rescue the country's kidnapped uh, regent from an ancient evil. Evil. This sounds like Indiana Jones. I'm all in on this. Black Indiana Jones. I'm all in on Jonathan Majors doing something like this. A roguish black American gunslinger yep. in in uh, East Africa. That sounds With a pretty warrior, dope. It sounds fire. This is the type of stuff that they need to be making instead of slave movies. I'm gonna say it over and over again. Yeah, I'm excited no, for this. Notice I did not put the trailer for the Underground Railroad. I'm happy you did because I, I knew you, you knew I would have shit on that. it. Yeah, fuck that movie. I'm excited for Hemingway in the Realm of Cthulhu. What's up with Jonathan Majors and doing all these Cthulhu type shit, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean this sounds like he's doing Lovecraft. Another, uh, yeah. Lovecraft. Exactly. And, you know, reteaming with Spike, he, he did a really good job. With the five, five bloods. bloods. Yep. So I, I think that this is a good team up for sure. And it's I would a really interesting if, concept. I would love if Spike and Jonathan became like the new Scorsese and DiCaprio. Yeah. Or like, um, you know, when Spike moves forward, he, he has like his staple of guys. And I'm hoping that Majors I would, I would hope that maybe JDW and Majors could get together in a Spike do a movie. Joint. Yo. Like that's where Spike needs to go back to his action bag and do where JDW's battling Jonathan Majors. I would love that. 
That would be pretty interesting. Yep. And have Majors as the villain or have JDW as the villain. Either way, I'm down with it. But this sounds dope. Next up, we got Steven Soderbergh will direct his next feature film, Kimmy, starring Zoe Kravitz for New Line to debut on HBO Max after signing an overall deal with the streaming service earlier this year. This is what the, this is what needs to happen. So your movies can be released in theaters and on HBO Max. These directors need to sign deals. Shout out to Steven Soderbergh for starting it first and caring about our health and not being like uh, my man Christopher Nolan wanting people to go to the movies. But I digress. Uh, the film will center on an agrophobic tech worker played by uh, Kravitz who discovers recorded evidence of a violent crime during an ordinary data stream review and tries reporting it up the chain of command at her company met with resistance and bureaucracy. She realized in order to get involved, she will have to do the thing she feels the most and leave her apartment. This could be very, very interesting. Yeah. For those who don't know what agoraphobic means, it means that she's afraid to leave her house. I didn't know what that meant. Okay, cool. Dope, man. Zoe Kravitz between this and the Batman, this could catapult her to best actress out right now yeah this is uh when i was first thinking about this i'm like Seaver soderberg zoe kravitz like what is this going to be about i read the the um the lot the the description i'm like you know this seems pretty interesting you know i could totally see playing this character like kravitz young girl i'm down i am down I feel like she could fit the description of this character and play it really well based on I, what I've seen with her do in like high fidelity, fidelity and stuff like that. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, direct, uh, director Paul W.S. Anderson, best known for the Resident Evil franchise, Trash. Will, di- will direct his adaptation of In the Lost Lands, a sprawling epic based on a story by George R.R. R. Martin. Mila Jovovich and oh Dave Bautista gosh. will star in this, uh, this Trash. movie. Trash. In the movie, a queen desperate to fulfill her love makes a daring play. She hires the sorceress Grey Alice, played Trash, by Djokovic, oh a woman, gosh. a woman as feared as she is powerful, sent to the ghostly wilderness of the Lost Lands. Alice <laughs> and her guide, the Drifter Boist, played by Batista, must outwit and outfight man and demon in this fable that explores the nature of good and evil, depth and fu- debt and fulfillment. This sounds and like love Monster Hunter mixed with Resident Evil. Paul West, Paul W.S. Anderson, trash director, Mila Jovovich, trash actress. If I'm Wes Anderson or Paul Thomas Anderson, I'm sending this guy a cease and desist to change his name because I don't want to be confused with this trash. <laughs> That's facts. Let me look up real quick. There was another George R.R. R. Martin that story that's i don't know why george rr R. martin sold his book to to this uh, to this for this to happen with this well guy. this has already been a movie oh okay um so it's kind of like a, a remake of the movie got you uh God, there, oh yeah so he also has another book of his that is being adapted uh director gore verbinski who did pirates of the caribbean is uh, teaming up with the original Utopia, the British Utopia creator, Dennis Kelly, on a f- the future adaptation of George R.R. R. Martin's 1979 novelette, Sand Kings. Mm, okay, cool. Um, let me see if I can... The story follows a wealthy playboy named Simon Cress who collects dangerous, exotic animals. One day, he stumbles across a mysterious establishment called Woe and Shade, where he purchases a terrarium filled with four colonies of creatures called Sand Kings, which grow to fill whatever environment they're kept in. Each colony consists of a large female called a maw and numerous insect-like mo- uh, mobiles that she controls via telepathy. 
In addition to finding food for the Ma, the mobiles also construct a sandcastle around her to protect the Ma from invading colonies. So it's it's weird, but <laughs> that's another George R. R. Martin that they're going to adapt. Interesting. All right. Well, shout out to that. I'd rather see Sand Kings than I would see this. Whatever this trash is going to be. Same. Well, like I said, anytime you put Paul W. S. Anderson and Mila Jovovich, you can count me out. Dave Batista shouldn't be doing this, bro. Yeah, we were just talking about Army of the Dead. Like this could be a breakout for him, and then he goes out, and do this trash, cast himself in some trash. So yeah, I know. Oof. Which would, which kind of makes me scared of Army of the Dead. We, like I, a, I don't, a, I don't know if that's gonna be a good movie. Like I'm just yeah. being honest. I think that's gonna be like a C to like a six or seven out of ten. Probably. And seven's being nice. I, th- I really think it's gonna be a five or six. Now, a movie studio that I really have a lot of faith in is A24. And A24 will now distribute Sean Baker's next film, Red Rocket, a comedic drama about a washed up porn star who returns to his small Texas hometown. Uh, Red Rocket marks uh, Baker's first feature since the Florida Project, an acclaimed coming of age story that was also backed by A24. Yeah, the synopsis uh, William Defoe, which was great. Mm -hmm. It was a good movie. Uh, The synopsis reads Mikey Saber, good porn name, is washed (laughs) up is a washed-up porn star who returns to his small Texas hometown. Not that anyone really wants him back. Uh, the scary movie actor Simon Rex will play Mikey Saber. I was just about to ask you who's going to play the guy. Let me look up Simon Rex so I can see. He's from, you know, the scary movie movies. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Oh, like this guy. Like, yeah. Oh, this could be big for him. He needs this. Huge I, for him. Yeah, man. Holy crap. If this works, this could be good. Because I was going to say, this should be a role Dave Franco does. I feel like this has Dave Franco's Dave name Franco, all over. Yeah. So, but interesting. I'm in, like you said, I believe in A24 and Sean Baker showing he can make great films. Now it's just up to is, is Mikey Saber. I mean, no, is Simon Rex a good role for Mikey Saber? Yeah, I'm. This is his opportunity to show that he's more than the scary movie franchise. That's a fact. So, all right, cool, cool. Next up, we got West Side Story star Rachel Ziegler will play a mysterious key role in Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Yeah, I just thought we should add that in because it was casting news, but not much to say about that. These are all small stories. So next up, we got Hugh Grant, Sophia Lilly. Lillis joins Chris Pine in Dungeons and Dragon movie. Grant will play the film's antagonist. And then so- Cynthia the, Ervo. Oh, you got something to say about that? The one thing I'll say about that is, you know, with adding Hugh Grant and Sophia Lillis and it Chris adds Pine. some clout. You know, Dungeons and Dragons seems like it's something that they're really trying to take serious. Like, yeah. So, you know, that, that might be pretty good. Again, with the super cast. But next I, up- at this point, I'd rather see Dungeons and Dragons than Borderlands. Yeah, 100%. Because... I just don't know what Kevin Hart's going to give as the serious lead actor of Borderlands. That still blows my fucking mind. But the final story we have is Cynthia Ervo and JGL, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, have been tapped to play Disney's icons, Blue Fairy and Jiminy Cricket in the feature project that's being directed by Pinocchio. Robert Zemeckis, Pinocchio. This is where Tom Hanks is Pinocchio. You got Joseph Gordon-Levitt as... Uh, Tom Hanks Jiminy is Cricket. Geppetto. Yeah, Tom Hanks is Geppetto. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiminy Cricket. And Cynthia Ervo as the fairy. I don't think they've cast Pinocchio yet. No, I don't think they did either. It's probably going to be, um, what's our boy's name? Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. But that's all all the news we have. It's time to get into this segment of the show where we suggest a movie or TV show that's coming out this week or that is new that you should check out. It is called Movie on the Rise. All right, Schubert, what you got for us? I'll let you start us off because you got the uh, big name for the week. Well, one of the big names. One of the big names. All right. um, So I'll go ahead and say what we talked about at the beginning of the show that I think that Young Rock is solid. It's actually good. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually have been telling people this week that if that it's worth checking out. I think that I would have really liked to have seen him do um, maybe a, a biopic version of, of this because you can tell that it's a it's a sitcom. Um, yeah, we're not not necessarily a sitcom, but it is a comedy. So like, I don't know how much of it he's embellishing and stuff like that. But the fact that a lot a majority of what he's talking about in this uh tv series is his real life is, mm-hmm. is very interesting like his stories with andre the giant and his dad you know being soul man rocky johnson the you know i was talking to my dad about it who's also been watching it and he's like the guys that are portrayed in this show are the guys that when i was a kid watching wrestling well, was, were so were the guys so like it's yeah. so interesting to see like the behind the scenes of that through the eyes of the rock and in the first episode they talk about his first his first day in the, in the weight room in miami and it was a very really interesting yeah, story Ogeron was in there <laughs> yeah Ed Ogeron was in there so like i won't talk too much about it because i want people to watch the show but uh, that was really interesting and so it go we talked about it before where like it looked we couldn't really place what age he is the main now betrayal um it, it it goes it jumps around Okay. So like, he's getting interviewed to be the president. Like he's about to, he's on presidential campaign, and they're like interviewing him about his life. He talks, he does some stories about his youth, youth. Talks about a majority of the time it's around when he's fifteen, okay. and then he does brief stories about Miami. Do you think um, he's gonna run for president based on this show? No. no. Oh, okay. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I was very pleasantly surprised by that show. I, uh, so they do a good good job jumping around in age. Yeah, because the way they do it is it's interview. It's uh, Randall Park is interviewing him, gotcha. The Rock, and so like they'll tell a story and then they'll jump back to the interview and then Aunt Randall Park will ask him like, "What about this?" And then he'll mm. be like, "Oh, this reminds me about this." And they go to like the, the gotcha. next part. All right, so, that's like, a smart a way job. to do it. I actually yeah. dig that. I'm gonna have to watch it now. It's on uh CBS, right? Or, uh, NBC, it's on Hulu. or ABC. It's oh, NBC that's ABC. Show. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely check it out. All right, what else yeah, you got? So, um boss level, we talked about it uh last week with Grillo. Yeah. Frank okay. Grillo. <laughs> that's gonna be out on Hulu. With, with our so, boy Frank. And uh then the, the big ticket item, Ray and the Last Dragon. Uh, on Disney Plus, you're gonna have to pay a pretty penny for it if you want to see it. At but home. let me let me give a caveat because they said that before they had to Disneyfy it, this movie was 100% rated R, based upon how good the action was. And the thing is, they didn't take the action away; they took away the blood and the gore. So that tells me they made this like an anime and then turned it to a Disney movie, which I actually am a fan of. I don't know if you saw the recent clip or whatever, where like. Um, Kelly Marie Tran's character and Aquafina's character are on like this boat and they're trying to get away and like it's uh-uh. this it's, it's like this restaurant boat and this little kid is like their server or whatever. Did they copy the Baradier from One Piece? 
No, no. Oh, okay. But it's it's a really cute scene. That's like your Disney comedy, but also in like you can tell that it's taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. And like it was, it was one of those scenes that you watch, and you're and it doesn't matter what age you are, it makes you smile. It's just like Ooh, okay. It, I feel like this movie is going to be the the top tier animated film for the of rest the year? of the year. I mean, yeah. Look, if Raya the Last Dragon is fire, Raya might be my favorite Disney princess because she kicks ass. Unlike Mulan, who doesn't really kick ass. Moana, who got to use Maui's powers. Brave, uh, who don't really, all she do is shoot a bow and arrow. Raya gonna beat all they ass. And that's no disrespect to Mulan because Mulan was the first kung fu artist. But Raya looked like she about to whoop ass. Yeah, I wouldn't say nothing about Mulan. I haven't seen this Mulan, but, you know, old Mulan, the good Mulan. I mean, yeah. she's, she was kicking some ass. But so. new Mulan is trash, so... But yeah. old Mulan, shout out to her. All right, well, I got a lot of shit. I'm going to start off with a documentary. Age of the Samurai Battle for Japan is on Netflix. Oh, I've, I've been watching that. Fire, bro. Fire. It tells, the, it tells the story of Oda Nobunaga. If you know about Nobunaga and if you watch anime, you know who he is. You've heard his name. He's one of the biggest samurai of all time in the Sengoku period. So I definitely think that's worth checking out. Also, if you're an anime fan, Pacific Rim, The Black is coming out on Netflix this Thursday or so today. And basically it's the Pacific Rim story, but just a different time period and animated. Exactly. Yep. Also, we got High Rise Invasion, which I think is one of the. You think that's going to be good? Because I was going to ask you about that. Hold on, bro. You you asked me. Talk, talk, talk for two seconds. Let me pull something out my shelf. You asked me if I think it's going to be good. All right. Well, you know, he's talking about high rise invasion. I saw the tra- I saw that there was a trailer for it last week, and I didn't put, put it in there. Right there, boy. Put there that, you go. What's this? Wait, I've been I have had the manga now for over three years. I've been reading this. I am a fan. It's one of the best mangas out, and I think High Rise Invasion is something that people will be surprised by. It's action-packed, it's gory, and there's a mystery that's out of this world. I think if you have Netflix and you are interested in adult animation, you should check out High Rise Invasion. It's it has that to do, deal with suicide, right? It's like, you know, there's, uh-uh. you go up. Basically what it is, this girl wakes up and she's on, she's in a city that she doesn't recognize, and basically you can't you can't go down because you're on top of the roof there's bridges connecting each roof there's things you can jump and certain doors are unlocked and you can chance going down but the thing is if you chance it there's people with mask on that are killing everybody that are just killing people if you run across someone with a mask they're killing you because of that that's how it works in this world and this girl's whole mis- this girl's whole story is she's trying to destroy the mask and get back to her world and and try to take down this world and save the humans there because the only way you can escape is either figuring out how to take down this world or commit suicide crazy right yeah high rise invasion definitely worth checking out uh the next thing i have is hbo max I didn't know this, but Cinemax was owned by HBO. Being that it was owned by HBO, all the great Cinemax shows are now on HBO Max. The Nick, which is a Steven Soderbergh show with Clive Owen and Andre Holland. This is the role that got Andre Holland in Moonlight, and it's one of the best shows ever. Check out The Nick, and something that I'm looking forward to check out is Banshee with our boy Anthony Starr, a.k.a. Homelander, and it's basically, a, he's a cop, it's a cop show, but she, he was a former criminal, and it's super pulp. It's basically 
like if you love Pulp Fiction, if you love crime noir, it's basically uh, Drive mixed with The Raid mixed with Pulp Fiction. And I'm super, super excited for it. Schubert saw the first episode. He just didn't like the time lift. But besides it being an hour, did you like the show? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, Great yeah, he's action. He's he's a criminal. Who's and, posing uh, as a sheriff he, of a town, huh? Yeah, he, he yeah he gets out of town. He goes to find like his uh, his love. He'd been in there for fifteen years. Oh, he goes to find like his his girl who was supposed to have like the money, and she don't have the money, and she's married. Oh, so he's just like, what the heck? And she's in, like some small Pennsylvania town. He goes to the bar, drown out of sorrows, and the new sheriff is there, and no one knows this new sheriff. He like came from Oregon. No one's met him, and then some like thugs come into the bar and the sheriff tries to be like you know i'm the super, sheriff yeah. i'm the sheriff gets killed and dude's mm. like well i guess i'm gonna i can stay in this I'm, town and be yeah, the sheriff be the sheriff now oh <laughs> so that's he, awesome i'm watching him. that i'm watching yeah. that as soon as we get out and then the thing that i'm super excited about shout out to eddie huang who wrote fresh well he his sto- his story was the concept for Fresh Off the Boat, but he's been very vocal saying that ABC took his story and watered it down, and he just he was sick of it, and he took his production title off, and now he's writing a story called Boogie, which takes place in New York about this this Asian American kid who wants to play basketball, and it's a coming of age story. It looks absolutely phenomenal. We love the trailer, and I'm super excited for Boogie. Definitely reviewing that next week. Yeah, it could be um, the next great sports movie. Yeah, you know, we've, we've been looking for it for a while. So reminds me of He Got Game uh, above the rim. Reminds me of those classic basketball movies. And I love that it's with an Asian American giving, again, giving diverse stories and letting Asian Americans get some stories off because they're not just martial artists. Like there are Asian kids who want to be in the NBA, and I think this is very important. Yeah, I mean, I think you know through seeing. A lot more diversity, and you know, we're seeing it with like you know, Shane Cheese coming in, and we're gonna get a Blue Beetle, and so like, we're we're looking beyond black and white, and we're looking yeah, at these we're other great, groups and being like, well, let's what right is now. their perspective? Like Minari is something I'm super interested in finding out about about yep. like Asian immigrants and how things were for them when they came and had to like make do in whatever town. I think it's a small town, so yeah, I'm super excited about Minari. Like, I think there's a lot of really cool stories that can be told. So I'm, I just love it right now, and like we said. Our thing was never just diversity for diversity's sake. No, our thing was give uh, different people of different shades who are talented the opportunity to make stories so we can get all of these great different stories. And that's what this is. Shout out to Eddie Huang. Shout out to Van Lathan. Shout out to Charlamagne the God. They've all been a part of it. And I'm checking out Boogie, man. I'm super, super excited for that. But that's all we got on Movie on the Rise. Give us the trash Golden Globe results real quick before we start reviewing shit. So the best motion picture drama was Nomadland, so we'll have to check that. Gotta watch Uh, that for the Oscars. The best performance by an actress in motion picture was Andra Day for United States for Billie Holiday. Well-deserved. Okay. Um, Yeah, you have to watch it. I mean, Uh, she's phenomenal. Um, best performance by an actor in a motion picture, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I've heard Ooh. he's the only good thing about it. That's that's they just gave it to him because he died, which I don't agree with. Yeah, I don't should have been either. Jonathan, should have been uh, my boy Daniel Riz? Kalua or Riz Ahmed. Well, Daniel Kalua did win. Oh, for best supporting, he's not a yeah. supporting, he's a lead. Uh, best motion picture musical or comedy was Borat. Crazy nice. that Borat wins a Golden Globe, but you know, good for Deserve them, rightfully I'll, so. Yeah, 
Uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture was Roseman Pike for I Care a Lot, which Crazy. I thought was pretty it surprising. Dropped, yeah, it dropped literally two days ago. Yeah, I mean, she does really good in it, but I mean, like, based upon the other people she was up against, I guess. So, I don't know. Um, best performance by an actor in motion picture was Sasha Barry Cohen for Borat. Crazy. Um, but that was for musical or comedy. Yeah. I was rooting for, I've been rooting for Amy Sandberg and Palm Springs to get some Same. of that. But I mean, Borat did, did well. So. Just like I wish Christina Milati would have won for Palm Springs. <laughs> you know, I'm pulling I don't think she for... was even nominated. She wasn't. That's bullshit. Just yeah. hating on my girl. Uh, best motion, motion picture animated was Soul. Nice. Uh, best motion picture foreign language was Minari. Nice. Um, best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a motion picture was Jodie Foster for the uh, Manchuri or Marishian or whatever that. Whatever <laughs> Some weird that. movie with Jodie Foster. I don't fucking know, bro. Got you. Then my uh, boy mo- Daniel Kaluuya for supporting. Yeah. Best performance was Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, best director, uh, Chloe Zhao. Nice. No Man Land. Kind of makes me interested in the Eternals. Like, if she's Dang. that great of a director, yeah. you know, what is she going to do in Marvel? Apparently, she's like the next big, the next big name in directing. So you know exactly. Me. So like, I was pretty off. I was pretty turned off by the Eternals, but Same. like, she's the she is the one thing that turns me Especially on. Especially after seeing that bullshit Photoshop job they put out yes. of the calendar, just t- super turned off. And you know me, I'm always looking for the next best director. So we we are watching Nomadland within the next three weeks and reviewing it. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin wins for best screenplay. Good for him. Uh, that was Trial of Chicago Seven. Who else was nominated? Um, because I feel like I, f- uh, I feel like for Nomadland. Um, I feel like Jack, the the, the Luke, Jack Fincher the, for Mank. I feel like the uh, the Lucas brothers should have been nominated for Black uh, for Judas and the Black Messiah. I feel like that's. I just they, feel like the Golden Globes did not give any love to um, people of color. Like it's just trash. It just like Regina depends, King should have been nominated. On, depends on what you consider that Regina King was nominated for best oh, she director was? Okay. in One Night in Miami. Well, I, I I I would push back on that because you know Daniel Kluwer won. One. All right, maybe I was um, maybe I was Soul tripping. is a is a Pixar movie about with a black lead. What about the TV won. side? Maybe it's the TV side of no, Sasha Baron Cohen is is not a white person. That's true. The movie um, side was was diverse. All right, Andre Andre Day. All right, black actress. All right, I'm tripping. Chloe, Chloe Zhao, Asian. I was just mad that one night in Miami and, and uh Juice and the Black Messiah didn't get more love. That's all. Uh, I, I agree with you because I thought both were pretty phenomenal films. Yeah. Um give give us to the TV best, side now. Yeah, let's go to the TV. Best TV drama was the crown, trash. Trash, yeah, that's okay. All right, best performance by an actress in a television series, Tra- Emma crown. Corbin, who played uh uh Diana Die. Trash. Mm-hmm. Trash. Uh, best performance by an actor was Josh O'Connor for The Crown Trash. Uh, best television series, musical, or comedy went to Schitt's Creek. No surprise. Great, mo- great, great show. Um, all the nominees except for Emily in Paris were great. Um, <laughs> Why are you shitting on Emily in Paris? You, you and Emily in Paris got it. a beef, man. It, it was not it. a bad show. Shout out to Lily Collins. Right. Uh, well, she was also nominated for best performance by an actress in a television series, but that went to Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek. She's the best person on that show. She's hilarious. <laughs> um, best performance by an actor in a television series, musical or comedy, went to Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. Woo! I thought it was a really yeah, big was, win. He was stoned out of his mind when he did that acceptance. He was either stoned, but I mean, you got to remember that he's filming in 
England. Yeah. So it was 4 a.m. when the awards were going on. Well, so. My eyes are not red when I wake up. I'm sorry. They're just not. And yours aren't either. I've seen you wake up plenty of times. I, I will defend Jason Stegas to the grave <laughs> for that because he was the epitome of a single man. Yeah, like, I dude, dude is going through a rough time. Yeah, bro. Like, fuck Harry Styles, bro. Bitch ass. Doing that to my guy, Jason Sudeikis. I, I'm off the Harry Styles bandwagon. Fuck him. Nick Jonas should get all his rows. I blame... Olivia Wilde. Wilde. Yeah, I mean, me I'm too. sorry. I do too. Like, Harry Styles is doing his thing. And like yeah. if, you know, if Olivia Wilde wants to leave her husband for and Harry her Styles, kids I mean, for some young ass. That, Harry that was Styles. her decision. Bullshit. But I digress. What else we got? Uh best television limited series anthology, uh Queen's Gambit. Nice. Okay. Um, best performance by an actress was on you know, Taylor Joy. I'm Queen's happy Gambit. for her. She she's really great. So I'm best happy performance by an actor in the limited series was Mark Ruffalo for I know. That's as much what I'm upset true. about. My guy uh, Brian oh. Cranston yeah. should have been nominated and won. He was. He, he should have won. So um, but I I want to watch this. I know this much is true. It's on HBO Max. I heard now. it's good. Um, best performance by an actress in a television supporting role is Jillian Anderson, The Crown. Uh, best actor in a supporting role for television was John Boyega for Small Axe. Good for him. So I thought that was a, a good for you moment for John Boyega, even though uh, Dan Levy roles now. Yeah, so poor Dan Levy and poor uh, <laughs> Donald Sutherland because I thought that. Yeah, yeah Donald Sutherland job. looked like he was pissed that he was there in a Zoom call. <laughs> uh, that shit was hilarious. Is that all he was we got? like? I, he was he was like I was barely even a big part of the Undoing. Why am I even nominated for this? Yeah, why am I here? <laughs> Is that all we got? So we can get yeah, to. Uh, all right, let's talk close enough. There's no point in reviewing like every episode. We'll just talk about the series as a whole. Man, this season was even better than season one. Uh see, I should have watched season one again because I don't remember. I actually thought that in season one they did a good job of like playing into the realism where this gotcha. one feel felt a little bit more a little it, it bit was, too fantastical. It time. was regular show. They got to like regular show fantastical levels. Yeah. Like there were some episodes. It was wild. There were like some episodes of season one that I remember being like, this feels like me in my life. Yeah. And then, the, but there were not a lot of episodes this season that I felt that way, but I will say that the first episode uh, with the gym Josh stuff? shredded, yeah. that was one of the, the best episodes of, TV this year, bro. It was like this is my favorite Jim Crunch or whatever. This is one of my favorite comedies out right now, and I think it just does a good job of showing that transition of being a college student, late twenty something years old, into your thirties, getting married, having a wife. Like I just loved all of this season, and I just think it's great. And I'm I need season three of Close Enough coming up. Yeah, rest in peace to Jim Crunch, man. Jim Crunch, yeah. I'm trying to think of some other I'm things. I'm trying to, to become an it. absolute unit. Yeah. And then I love the uh the frackers. Uh that was a later uh, episode with uh Old Boy's family, who is basically human muscle man, like yeah. just, just taking the earth shit. I thought that was um, hilarious. That, that next he episode sucks, sucks and blows with his cheeks, like <laughs> it was just hilarious. Pause. <laughs> sucking with his cheeks that shit was the um, clown shit the, the, the second episode of this season was uh the sauce face episode where kansas becomes the kingpin of illegal hot sauce so that was love pretty funny it. i i love anytime a show spoofs scarface we saw the boondocks did it i think the boondocks and close enough are the best people to spoof scarface sauce face that was hilarious um i like the episode 
Um, I liked House Guest from Hell, where old girl was getting ghosted constantly, and then she starts dating a ghost, and she can't get rid of him. Thought that shit was funny. No, that was Haunted Couch, I thought. Oh, yeah, that is Haunted Couch. You're yeah. right. House Guest from Hell was the friend who came stay over at the house and didn't want to leave, and she was dating Satan. That shit was yeah. funny, too. Uh, I like oh, the joint break. The, the, I like the birthday episode where like the adults are drinking and yeah. partying in the garage. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, like one, I said, one I of like... my favorites. Oh, go ahead. One of my one of my favorite like back to back was Time Hooch and World's Greatest Teacher. Yeah, funny. Also loved Where'd You Go, Bridget, where she has the picture oh, of her. God. It's, like a... <laughs> it's like in case of emergency, post this like nude of me. Bridget's a clown. I really love her and Jason Manzukas' character so much. They, yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah. And like for Time Hooch or whatever, like the seeing like their dynamic. Yeah, it's pretty him funny. And, him and Josh's love. Uh, it. The erotic awakening of AP Pearl was definitely a really funny one too, <laughs> or AP La Pearl. Like oh, that, that erotic novel or whatever. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that that black lady's hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, but just a great season, man. Great season. I think they're getting better, and I think HBO Max has a great adult animated show. So I'm loving. Yeah, they are. Enough. Confirmed for a season three, We've as they should before. be. And and did you see all the regular show cameo like Easter eggs? Like they, you saw Candace Sauce Face had the regular show lunchbox. I did not, bro. There's so many. Like you see, I think you see Muscle Man in one episode. Uh, Pops, like they do so. They he amped up the regular show like Easter eggs. I'm just ready for the crossover because I think it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely reminds me of regular show. It also reminds me a lot about of Gravity Falls. See, that's a show that you've been telling me I need to watch, and I've watched like some of it. I just haven't finished it. I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten to the mystery portion yet. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it gets tough because it is a Disney Channel Disney show. animated yeah. show, um, and like, and the voice actors from Mabel can get really annoying at times. Facts. Um, but Mabel and Dipper are really great characters. And yeah, they are. It it can it just continues to progress as it goes and becomes like once it gets like to the final season it's like unrecognizable it's like unrecognizable from the first season it's like what was this like bs in the first season like it becomes like a really in-depth storytelling show i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna gonna finish it up to see what's up but Um, let's get to wandavision is wanda okay so I've been seeing people say WandaVision is the best show on television. I've been seeing people say WandaVision is the best shows that they've seen in a while. I think Marvel fans are smoking crack. It's not better than The Mandalorian. Exactly. I am very concerned with how Marvel's going to do TV because this seems like... uh, let Let me just say this. It seems like Marvel is giving us nothing that is... At least with WandaVision, it doesn't seem like... It seems like it was just a watch this to understand Doctor Strange, where it's whereas Mandalorian stands on its own and it's an independent thing. Like and I created. Yeah. Like I don't want like I want Falcon Winter Soldier to be its own thing and not just by the end of the thing, Anthony Mackie becomes Captain America. Now we're going to get a Captain America movie like these TV shows have to matter and have like have uh, its own well, place where it's not just uh, here we go to the next movie. What I push back on that is I feel like WandaVision advertised itself to be that. Yeah, true. Like, where like the other ones, Loki and um, Amer- uh, the Captain America, Falcon Winter Soldier, 
they've already said that or, or hinted at that they well, were going to multiple seasons. Season. Yeah, true. And so, like, and uh, I saw an interview with Anthony Mackie where he's like, we're going to go into the Falcons' whole story in this yes, show. And I'm like, good, good, good. That's what As I they want. Need to. Yeah. Like, Fact. I liked how in this past episode we got a little bit of Wanda's past because we really didn't have a lot of that. Um, it, you know, it really tied in a lot of things this episode, like with um, Sokovia the and- Sokovia, and like when the when uh, the missile comes in, like there's a good article to read where you find out that a lot of things that happen in episode eight tie into the commercials that we see in the earlier episodes. Mm. Um, so that's worth trying to look up if you want to Google that. Also, okay. I want to ask you: Does this mean that mutants exist? I understand it's magic, but to me, if Wanda was born with this power, I'm not going to say she's a witch. She's a mutant. Am she I wrong? She born with the power. She was, she, she obtained she the power. St- okay, so did the missile... The radiation, the, so I think it was mutation, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So was the... Okay, what about Agatha? Or is she a mutant or, like, what, what no, does a witch mean? Like is, like, is that just another subsection of humans? Or, I think like, it's another subsection. This okay. is more of, like, the whole Doctor Strange thing, where Doctor Strange isn't a mutant, but he developed, he trained to yeah. become magical. Okay. Like, that is just, but uh, Wanda's mute. Wanda's a mutant. Okay, pretty, cool. Pretty straight cool. up. Cool. What, like, uh, what's her name? Monica Rambeau. She's a mutant. She's a, yeah, because she got transformed. And I want to see her go off in the last episode. I'm trying to think of what else happened in this episode because they got rid of the TV tropes. In this well, you one. had, you had the, the line of the whole show. Um, Yo, yeah, grief, grief is lo- love persevering uh, And people were tweeting uh, like Oh this is the best line ever Bitch go watch some HBO TV shows And listen to some better lines That's what pissed me off I, Like these Marvel fans are like Oh yeah we got the best TV show Y'all aren't even better than Mandalorian yet Like WandaVision is not better than Mandalorian season 2 Sorry Well, and it, well it's weird because like what Only a month ago people were like Oh I don't know I mean, Because like f- three episodes into WandaVision We're just like what is this? I'm like, still, I don't know. Like, I, the season finale has to land for me, or this season will get. And the director is already coming out being like, I don't think it's going to land. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's a, bro, that's and an I'm issue just like, to me. That's an issue. Mandalorian season two, I gave it 8.5, anywhere between 8.5, 8.9. WandaVision season one, if the finale does not land, it's a six, Schubert. It's a six. And it's and, and that 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 means it's good. It's average. Like they had great points between episodes four, five, and six. Uh, seven. Well, was I think a- one of the major issues for Wandavision is, uh, for me personally, it's not the same for everyone, but the characters that I care about in Wandavision aren't getting are not on. Wanda or Vision. Same. Care I mean, about Monica Rambeau, Randall Park, and uh, and Kat oh, Dennings. And Kat Dennings. Yep. 100 those, those are the characters i'm the most intrigued about in the direct in the kids honestly i, I care more about yeah. the little like i want to see their future I'm, I'm interested to know what's going to happen with them but like i i care less also is agatha a compelling villain like i feel like she's about to just be taken out like i feel like dr strange about to come in well i feel like he's about to take her out she was going she was pretty compelling after seven but this past episode made her very less compelling because she uh, had nothing to do with Wanda creating this thing. Heck, yes. Yeah, she had. So she she's seems not like, about uh, the kids. She's just she like se- an outside she seems like watcher. She has, nothing, she, 
Yeah, she seems like she's in zero control. Like, yep. sure, she did all of these things and, and you know, meddled and manipulated. But, like, when it comes to the grand scheme of things, like, Wanda's more powerful than, than her. Yep, 100%. So. I still think Mephesto's involved because I feel like that's the power Wanda's tapping into with the Hex stuff. So yeah. we're going to see that. Uh, Crazy Dr. that we find out that um, they were lying to Monica that yeah. she did that she didn't steal Vision. Yep, one hundred percent. That 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 the dudes Tyler's whatever's lying. I feel like Monica's about to get him fired from Sword at by the end of this. His ass, his ass is through. Doctor Strange is about to come up in here. I feel like Wong's about to come. Hot take: Do uh do we see Baron Mordo? Because he's gonna be pissed off about Agatha and Wanda, he's gonna try to kill one of them. She would talk edgy for and that could be the cameo. Yeah, I was about to say that, that could be the cameo. Yep. So I could see that. I, I'm out on the Reed Richards thing. It's too late. It's yeah, way too late. <laughs> and it, and I don't believe that you're gonna introduce Reed Richards through WandaVision episode eight. <laughs> like you know, nah, you're gonna you're gonna nice. you're gonna give him a movie. Like if you're gonna introduce Reed Richards, it's gonna be in a movie. It's not gonna be in WandaVision. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't, I wouldn't keep it out of the realm possibility that characters like Reed Richards could make their debut on one of the streaming shows before they get into it, but maybe not WandaVision because it is a one-off. Exactly. Exactly. Anything else you got about this episode? Um, I just really enjoyed going into the background past for Wanda and Vision because that's one thing, you know, like I said with Sam and Falcon, that I want to know a little bit more about them because they're characters that weren't really fully explored yep. in the movies. I rewatched Age of Ultron and they still really don't give you give Wanda yeah. enough. This was so her origin story, essentially. Essentially. Cause she we and we get her name Scarlet Witch like yeah. we like did, this was her origin story like legit and we did it all through flashback. I'm excited to see Sam's story in Falcon though. The way Anthony Mackie said they're about to go into it and deal with the race aspect, like I feel like that shows the show that we're ready for. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, it would, I think it it draws huge parallels to what's going on with Black Superman. Yeah, bro. About how you all know. these people are like, no, no, you can't have it. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, we're so used to this character being represented this way that we can't accept this character. Being and they're, and they're, by a black and they're more willing to give Bucky a murderer to be Captain America than Sam, who is. No, I don't know that. By- I don't know that yet. I feel like there's going to that's that random guy. Oh, no, it's definitely going to be that random guy. But I feel like. That's going to be what people are saying. If it's not the random guy, let it be Bucky. At least the if Marvel someone world. in the show says, let it be Bucky, <laughs> I will legit spit take. Like, there's just no fucking way. That, like, that's my always been my thing with Winter Soldier. You know this. Like, I just don't understand how anyone can be like, oh, yeah, let's just trust Bucky. Like, trust Bucky? The fuck? He's not brainwashed anymore. He Wakanda saved him. Shout out to the black people. <laughs> The White Wolf. They Let's saved see. him. That needs to be his code name. Like, I want to see him be the White Wolf, fully embrace it, and, and use his Wakanda technology. Okay, question. I know we're off of WandaVision. Does Sam well, the, get, the, I does get, Sam back to get super soldier powers? Does he have think, He needs um, to. <laughs> I think he needs to. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to get I mean, something. He needs, he needs something. <laughs> An upgrade of the suit. Like He needs vibranium suit, like something. That'd be cool. Imagine if he got an all vibranium suit. I think that would be badass. Now, like, 
it would be interesting if like Wakanda like embraced him and like did all of his stuff and like made yeah. him up into like a thing, especially with you know uh, Black Panther being gone. Facts, facts. No, I look. I would be all about it, and I'm excited for that. But all right, let's get back to WandaVision because this is the WandaVision. The, the WandaVision. I wanted the one thing I wanted to say before we got out of it was uh, the ending. You know, Vision shows up. White Vision. Yep. Um, I don't know what what where we're gonna go from there. Like that's where I'm I, I thought we were going to get Wonder Man, but now I'm not sure. I feel like Vision's going to die at the end of this episode. I feel like oh, he's going to be dead. Like, like, I feel like he's going to be dead for good, like kaput, over with. Like, I feel like he's going to battle White Vision. His body's going to be destroyed. Stephen Strange is going to be like, Wanda, you're better than this. Like, you have to say your goodbyes. This is part of life. And she's going to say her goodbyes. And then I feel like she's going to go train with Dr. Strange. And about the kids. Uh, that's the thing. I feel like the kids, if they're real, I feel like they're going to get captured or they're going to be taken by either Mephesto or something. And that's going to be part of Wanda, uh, be part of uh, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Wanda's going to have to c- master her powers and her and Doctor Strange are going to go take out the villains and save Wanda's kids. Now, I feel like that would be a big payoff for the show. If it they would did be. make that a bit of the Doctor Strange movie. I feel like that's going to be part of it. And whoever's going to capture the kids, whether it's Baron Mordo, whether it's uh, Dormammu, whether it's uh, Mephesto, someone's getting them. I would say I would not put my money on Dormammu. No, me neither. But that's just I'm just trying to think of all the villains that connect to Doctor Strange that could be important to Wanda Vision and Wanda and uh, Strange. So. I think Mephesto is our guy. I still he think he's in the be, shadows. Man. He has to be. Like, well, it's just it's just like Agatha could not have had the uh she could not have planned this out. Like exactly. There's like, no way that like she is the the ringleader and did not understand how Wanda Wanda's created. Pie. Yeah, facts. Like, nah, like, bro. I'm with that's you. That's what took me out of it. Too. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, Agatha's totally the big person. time villain in here, but then she's like, she knows nothing. How'd you do it, Wanda? How'd yeah. you do it? I'm like, what do you mean? How, what do you mean? How did she do it? Like, that's why when the director makes comments like, y'all are not gonna like the finale, I'm just like, mm, you, you lack it. You lack, you know, your show trash and you're just trying to defend it. Well, not trash. You know, your show's not uh, excellent. You know, it's average to good and you're just trying not to get eviscerated on the internet. You know who wasn't saying that their uh, show was gonna have a bad ending? Who? Favreau. Yeah, facts. Mando cited. You know who else didn't say it? The boys. Mm-hmm. Filming season three Nuts. right now. Hype. Ready for it. But look, man, March, this is over with. March is, uh, I think next week is the making of WandaVision. That's next week. And then I believe, hold on, let me not lie. Falcon Winter Soldier drops. Let's see. We need, we need the release date. It drops March 19th. So Next yes, week, we're, it's two weeks. Literally, next week is the making of, and then the following week is uh the re- uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. So we're gonna be reviewing that. Uh, well, I definitely- mean, just from just from our movies on the rise from this week, you can tell that March is gonna be pretty stacked. Yeah, like we're getting Falcon Winter Soldier. We're gonna have the the new Justice League. We're gonna have at the end of the month Kong and Godzilla. Yep, you know, Invincible. Uh, we, next week we'll, we'll be talking about Last Chance You. Yep. Um, We're gonna have a lot rise. to review. That's why I'm trying to tell you we gotta get No Man Land knocked out because it's, it's about to be packed. <laughs> we gotta knock that out, man. You tripping? <laughs> I mean, I had you've had plenty of opportunities to watch it. I've had plenty of opportunities to watch it. I know, we just haven't. I know, we just haven't, but we will. 
because once Invincible and Falcon Winter Soldier drop, those are the shows we're reviewing. Yeah, also uh, of note to people out there, Paramount Plus is now available. Oh, so man. if you want, and if you, you want to jump in on that, and you know we're reviewing Last Chance, you like it's basketball. Oh, you know we talking about that. I'm hype. I'm ready to see these people act like ass. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm hype. That's for sure. So, but that's all next week. Y'all got a lot to look forward to next week. Uh, Last Chance, you Wandavision finale, and then we'll pro. Oh, and then we'll start our best actor our top 25 actor of all time list. We'll probably do like 25 fives. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like 25 to tw- what? 25 to 20, 20 25 to 20, 15, 15, yeah. 10, 10, 10 five, five. Yeah. We'll do it in tens. 100%. So you be on the lookout for the first 20, the first five, but Schubert, that's all we got this week, brother. All right. Well, let everyone know what's going on with the Bros thing network. We have a big running back that will be out. Yeah. Soon. The big, the running back will be out on Friday. We are reviewing the uh, Black Klansman, uh, the classic Spike Lee movie with John David Washington and Adam Driver. Is it a classic movie? I think it is. Well, we'll talk about it on the running back. It might not be. I'm, you know, we'll we'll talk. But came out like four this years is ago. this is John Maybe David Washington, Adam Driver, Brooklyn from the Bros Who Think podcast will be joining Schubert and Ian and myself. That's gonna be big. Uh, new Bros Who Think podcast out now. If you haven't checked that out, check that out. New anime talk will be dropping on Tuesday. Check out the most recent episode. Uh, if you're a One Piece fan, a lot of One Piece content on the network. Uh, be sure to join the Discord so you can join the conversations among the community. The Discord really is popping. I know I mentioned it a bunch of times on here. Well, come join and we will answer your questions. There's people asking stuff in the Discord and we'll uh, start topics from there. So link is in the description below. Uh, oh, Pitch It is coming soon. I'll give you a, a hint at when you can expect the next pitching match around the 26th, 27th, 28th of March, but it will be confirmed next week official with official date. So be on the lookout for that. And we'll start and, promoting it. Yeah, and we'll start promoting it. And yeah, and also the run it back after Black Klansman, the poll will be out literally that day because we got to push out another run it back. This one took a little too long to get out. So we're going to try to push one. And the next guest is that's going to be joining me and Schubert. I'm super excited about. So Cool. Yeah. But you can follow the bros who think at bros who think and follow me at LimbyWT. And that's all we got for you guys this week. All right. Well, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ashuber 14 uh, Definitely engage us in the Discord. It definitely helps to know what you guys are interested in because Facts. then we can stop talking about some uh, some trash and <laughs> cut, cut it. Cut some, cut some, cut fat some of the, notes. Exactly, man. And, and talk about what you guys want us to. That's why I'm excited to do this best actor conversation in fives. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone out there has a great week. It's going to be a great month for, for content. So make sure that you, uh, you've got, you've paid all your subscriptions to your streaming services. And you subscribe and- to us so we can guide you through this hectic March, hectic month of March. Exactly. All right. Well, everyone have a great week. And as always, keep binging.